the the problem is if that sense of stability goes away, right? If if you lose your job and you no longer have income coming in, you're like, oh no, I'll I'd for sure be able to get a job quickly. I'm I'm a great um, you know, worker, I, I have a great resume. It's like, but what if you can't, right? If, what if it takes six months in the current, uh, job economy to go find one, right? To get hired by a new company. Yeah. Or it's like, what if a pandemic happens? Like it happened this last year (laughs) and and you do lose your job. And a lot of people have lost your jobs. Like you said, and it takes six months or some people have been waiting a year to find find a new job. So you really never know what's around the corner. Exactly. And so in those situations where you least expect it, where you could not possibly plan for it, can you actually have an emergency fund there to cushion the fall? Welcome to episode eight of the Potentially Successful Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff James, and this is my co-host, Baxter Rob. We're on a journey of financial freedom. We're so glad you're coming along with us. We're learning a ton, and we want you to learn too. Yeah, last week, Jeff, we talked about uh, credit scores and loans and the importance of just really starting to build your credit and to start to think about how can I maybe leverage myself to provide more opportunities. That's not to say that leveraging and taking out a lot of loans or taking on a lot of debt or opening a bunch of credit cards is good for everyone or um, good for you know every situation, but it is a powerful tool when used in the right situations. And so, um, yeah, that's what we broke down last week. Yeah. Um, so credit scores and loans, that's really playing on the offense, right? That's saying, how can I make my money work for me? How can I acquire assets that, how can I get in a position that I can acquire assets to help me grow towards financial freedom? This week, we're talking a little bit more on the defensive side. How do you prepare for the worst? How do you plan for the worst possible scenario? And one of the best tools for planning for the worst is an emergency fund, right? It's an emergency fund is exactly that. It's a fund that you have tucked away in case of emergency. And, you know, the first thing to define is, okay, what, what is an emergency, right? Uh, is an emergency just something that you, you know, complete, just, just completely unexpected? Is it something that just, you know, you, you didn't plan for? And it's like, oh, great. I have an emergency fund for that. I can dip into that. No, the way we define an emergency fund is a last resort. This is something, it's almost a game you play with yourself not to spend until you actually need it and have no other options. Um, and that way you are, you, you are prepared with that fund to be able to basically come in as your own superhero and save the day when something goes terribly wrong. God yeah. forbid. I, I, that's, that's how I view it. And you know, I think you can view it however you prefer, whatever would qualify as an emergency or, you know, something that you might pull money out of this fund for, like maybe losing your job or a really big unexpected expense that you, you have to pay for and there's no other option. Um, but I like to think of it similar to what you said is I kind of pretend that money is not in my bank account. Like it doesn't exist and that it, my, my savings and my checking account start above that fund that whatever I have saved for my emergency fund, I can't use unless it's an emergency and we have no other options. Yeah, Yeah, I would say the, the really, it kind of starts with, let me say it this way. Emergency funds start with the importance of having a budget and being able to track your expenses. Because if you don't have control of your expenses, then 
then you can't start saving money in this direction or you can't start making these steps towards financial freedom. And that's why we're we're dedicating an entire episode to emergency funds is because we're, we believe they're really important. You can go on the offense all day long, but if you don't have money saved for when things do go wrong and unexpected things happen, then you're just going to find yourself in a world of hurt regardless of how much money you're making each month because if you don't have funds to take over or to, I guess, supplement that income, if that income goes away or whatever your situation might be, then you can find yourself in a really difficult place. And so that's why a few weeks ago we talked about budgeting and we talked about most times it's not an income problem, it's a spending problem. So we need to get that spending down so that way we can start saving for more things. And the first thing would be an emergency fund. So that way you know, before you even start thinking about trying to make a next move or go on vacation or some of these other maybe discretionary spending items is you should have money for, you know, a rainy day. And some people call it a a rainy day fund. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point because, um, you would think that, um, when you save this much money, you're like, okay, surely I can use that amount of money, whatever it is in that emergency fund to either make money for me or just, you know, in a much wiser investment or maybe just like you said, discretionary, a vacation, something like that. But the problem is, you know, if you were to picture with me that you have a steady job, you have income coming in, you are doing what we've advised, right? Budgeting and, and only spending what you have, spending less than you make. The, the problem is if that sense of stability goes away, right? If, if you lose your job, and you no longer have income coming in. You're like, oh no, I'll I'd for sure be able to get a job quickly. I'm I'm a great, um, you know, worker. I I have a great resume. It's like, but what if you can't, right? If what if it takes six months in the current uh, job economy to go find one, right? To get hired by a new company. Yeah, or it's like, what if a pandemic happens? Like it ha- happened this last year exactly. and, and you do lose your job and a lot of people have lost your jobs, like you said, and it takes six months or some people have been waiting a year to find a, fi- find a new job. So you really never know what's around the corner. Exactly. And so in those situations where you least expect it, where you could not possibly plan for it, can you actually have an emergency fund there to cushion the fall, right? Um, and... Yeah, the, the again I'm going to I'm going to say this one more time. It's almost like a game, right? It's it's a game you play to say like how do I not even look at that money? How do I not even consider that money as part of the plan until I've exhausted all other options? And if you go into it with that mindset, you will see that 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 emergency fund stays intact yeah. and you don't dip into it at the at the smallest unexpected uh, thing that comes up. Yeah, I think an example, and, I, and I've mentioned this before on the show of um, that, you know, my wife Holly had an, uh, an unexpected medical expense come up within the last few months. And we we had to cover that it was it was something like $1,400. And we just got another bill that was like $500. And just like, it seems to keep adding up with the different physician costs and, and, and different things. And so it's just like, it feels like so burdensome. And so, you know, for for us, it's like thankfully we we had an emergency fund and we have some money saved on top of that that we've been waiting to invest and so we've actually dipped into that instead of our emergency fund so we can keep it in tr- intact. But the principle still holds true that if if maybe we you know purchase a rental home, which is one of our goals this year that I've talked about before, and we didn't have any extra savings and we just had our emergency fund, 
again, we would have that fund to cover that money. It's that's money that we're not using for anything else besides an emergency. And it's, you know, really, I'm really thankful that I did because I, I have been in that situation where I haven't been able to cover that. And, you know, thankfully, you know, maybe been able to put it on a credit card and pay it off quickly or borrow money from, from a friend, but it's like, that's not always going to be there. And, you know, that's, that can be really scary. Yeah. The, the thing I love the most about emergency funds, other than the sense of security that they bring is it doesn't force you to have to reset your financial freedom plan when something unexpected comes up. Right. So like even what you just said, uh, that was by choice that you decided to dip into that, uh, the funds that you were saving for that investment instead of your emergency fund. Um, but again, you weren't forced to have to do that, right? You could have dipped in, into your emergency fund, but even that choice al- proves that it's like, okay, this is part of the plan. And part of my plan was to plan for the the, the punches that yeah. life throws, right? And so that's very helpful because if you if you build the cushion into your plan, then less uh, fewer and fewer things will be able to throw you off, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, <clears throat> not to split hairs too much, but I think the distinction of where I pulled that money from is really less important. It's yeah. the fact that, I can I can start to think about investments in other financial freedom goals because I have an emergency fund. Like if I didn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable trying to make extra moves and trying to put money in places and even invest and do these things because like you said it's that security it's what allows you to sleep at night. And so, you know, yeah, I, in in my specific scenario there I was able to kind of pull it from a I had a few options, but it's like that again, the emergency fund is that foundation for yeah. having those options. Yeah. Have you, have you heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? I have. Um, yeah. So it's, it's this, this, I mean, the image or the, the graphic is like a triangle or a pyramid and the very basic needs of humans are, you know, shelter, food, water, that kind of thing. And then the higher you go on that, on that pyramid, the more, what I've seen is the more abstract the needs that humans have become, right? I think there's an equivalent when it comes to finances. Yeah. I think you can, you'd be hard pressed to have the mental capacity or the peace of mind to even start pursuing investments or creative fi- financial things yeah. to pursue if you don't have that basic need of a sense of security mm-hmm. with, you know, uh, what an emergency fund provides, yeah. right? So it, I think I think there's a even a peace of mind and a stress relieving factor of the emergency fund that allows you to move on with your life yeah. and know that hey, I can I can run faster than I normally would because I don't have to be as cautious because I've I've. I'm being cautious, you know, beforehand yeah. as part of my plan, yeah. right? Do you have any examples of? Um, you know, and maybe in your own life or somebody that you know where they didn't have an emergency fund and found themselves in a really tough spot. Yeah. Um, my, my wife, um, when she, when we were dating, I think it was, uh, within the, yeah, it was the first, first year and a half of dating, uh, I think. And, um, she had a, she had some car trouble and, it, the the air condition in our car was not working. We took it to the shop. They estimated it'd be three or four hundred dollars. We were like, okay, that's great. Uh, she, at the time, she was living paycheck to paycheck, and she was pretty stressed out about even the three hundred to four hundred dollars. Yeah. But 
Um, she knew that she'd be able to do it. She'd just have to live, uh, squeeze a little bit on living expenses over the next month or so. Uh, after being at the shop, they discovered an oil leak that was like the oil had kind of gotten everywhere um, uh, under the hood. And they, they immediately called us and said it was a like a fire hazard. Basically, if anything sparked this, the car could go up in flames, that kind of thing. And we're like, okay, are they trying to scam us? Uh, but then we went and, and they sh- we went to the shop and they showed us what was going on and, and they told us to fix it, it would be $1,800. And so to go from being worried for a three to $400 expense to $1,800, obviously my wife was freaking out. She was, yeah, it was a huge jump. And especially living paycheck to paycheck, um, it, it was very stressful in our relationship sure. because she was struggling with this financial burden. And so the way we went about it was we actually used a financing plan that they had. Um, it would definitely was risky. It was a, it was like a, a credit card that they, that they offered that you could split your payments out across six months. And if you pay the whole thing uh, by the, by the deadline, basically, you're good to go, but if you if you are late even by a little bit, they'll charge interest on the whole amount. Jeez. So I think it was like 24% interest on the whole amount. Yeah. So that's how they get you, obviously. Yeah. Luckily, we uh, we had I had been budgeting, and that's that's probably one of the best and most effective times in teaching her how to budget or walking her through that. That we were able to successfully pay that off. But all that to say, none of that would have been needed in the first place if an emergency fund was part of her financial structure, her, her, her financial plan yeah, at that time. Sure. Um, and so I know a lot of people can relate to that because, you know, yeah, things like that happen all the time. You just can't control it. Mm-hmm. Right. And we, we've had a small, another small example was a, a pipe bursting a few weeks ago or not pipe burst, a, a pipe having to get fixed and it being $350 when we expected it to be like 60 bucks or something. Uh, just because of the nature of the situation. But again, the more cushion you build in to your financial structure, the easier each decision or unknown decision that comes up will be to make. Yeah, I think I think that's important, right? Is like the, the examples we've shared, we've been able to kind of get out of, you know, and but that might not be the case for everybody that listens. And, and we really feel for you. Like I've mentioned, I've been in some of those situations and it's really difficult. And when you when you find yourself in that or have been in it recently, it's really hard to visualize your your expenses or your finances looking any other way, right? It can really feel impossible, but I want to encourage you that it that it's not. It, it, it might be a lot of hard work, and it might be a mindset shift or a focus that you need to take. But it's not something that that is impossible. I I really do believe that that everybody at pretty much every income level can set aside some money for those expenses. And like we've said before, a lot of it has to do with minimizing your expenses and getting there. So that's, if you find yourself and you're just like, you know, Hey, this sounds all well and good. And this, this is, you're painting a pretty picture, but I have very real needs and I've been out of a job for a long time. Then it's, then let that be your why or that reason and that motivator of never again will I go back to that place. That's something that Dave Ramsey says a lot that I love of like, if you've been 
like in the lowest of lows, use that as motivation. Don't sit there and be, be like, man, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Use that as saying, okay, I will never come back to this spot. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it just yet, but start by saving, start by looking at those expenses, see what you can do to increase your income and look for, look for financial tips and start learning about your finances. Um, but I just wanted to say that in terms of, you know, it's, it can be easy for us to say, you know, we got out of these situations because we have learned some of those mistakes. But I, I know that being in that position, it, it can feel very hopeless. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage you and maybe even give you a little bit of hope that it is possible you can do yeah. it. So no, that's great. That's encouraging. I'm encouraged. Hey, um, awesome. Let's hey, let's move forward. Uh, we've been talking about emergency funds, but but let's ask the the big question, right? How much do you save? Yeah. For an emergency fund? Yeah. Um. You know, I think I think that there's really no there's no one size fit all, fits all answer, and and that's true of all of finance, right? There there can be lots of different things. We share a lot of our opinions, I and mean, like we said before, we're not financial advisors, and so these are just what we've learned, what's worked for us, and what we're currently trying to pursue, and so. Um, it really comes down to what works best for you. But I would say at a base level, most experts would say that three to six months worth of expenses is a great place to start and usually enough of an emergency fund. You you mentioned that you know you could be out of work for six months or something like that. And so if you have an emergency fund of three to six months and you lose your job or your income or whatever that looks like, then you have three to six months to get back and start earning an income again before you deplete that emergency fund. So that's kind of where that figure comes from. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do I go from not having an emergency fund to getting three to six months of either expenses sure. or income? Yeah, that could be that could be again a daunting task. Yeah. Like I just mentioned, um, I I would lean back on what Dave Ramsey says. I think he has helped millions of people get out of debt and go from having no money at all to becoming millionaires. And he's he's got some really incredible stuff. So if you're in a really tough spot, I would really recommend checking out the information that he has. But in regards to emergency funds, what he says is start with $1,000. If you can't cover an $1,000 expense, you're just going to be going back into debt really quickly. Like we mentioned, we mentioned three or four examples of you know hundreds or $1,000 plus expense that we've experienced within the last few months or few years, and that can pop up all the yeah. time. It just takes uh, a few um, well-timed um, or poorly timed, you know, couple like you know, utility bills yeah. and a car messing up and all that stuff to to rack up over a thousand dollars of expenses unexpectedly. Yeah. So he would say start with a thousand dollars and then focus on your debt and then come back to the three to six months. And so that's that's probably the advice I would yeah. echo. No, I, I like that a lot. Basically, it's baby steps. It's it's start with. I mean, again, start with a hundred dollars, right? And then 200, 300, make your way to make your goal, make your goal be a thousand dollars. And if you can get there, then without a doubt, you can, you're first of all motivated because you've reached your first goal. And then you can then set your eyes on getting to three to six months of expenses or even three to six months of income, which will give you a much better cushion in your financial structure. Yeah. The next thing I want to talk about is, um, when you start, when you've started saving and maybe you have that three to six months or you have some sort of emergency fund, whatever makes you feel comfortable, what should you do with that money? Um, where should you put it? How should you, how should you 
I mean, I guess the question is, should you invest it or should you just save it? I think the first place, the the most often place that I've seen is you just put it in a savings account. You separate it from where you currently spend money or your checking account so it's not as easily accessible. It's not, you can just swipe your debit card and start charging money to it um, and just keep it there. And like like I said before, I like to think of it as that money doesn't even, isn't there until I absolutely yeah. need it. And, and so that, that'd be the first place. Yeah. That, that's also what I do. I just put it in a savings account. Um, if if you need to be able to separate that and, and you're tempted to spend out of that, I mean, consider opening opening another savings account for, like with a bank that's that doesn't charge you anything to have that account just to keep it out of sight, out of mind until you absolutely need it. Yeah. Uh, the next um, place that you could put it is a high yield savings account. And so a lot of a lot of banks offer this now. A lot of online banks offer this now where, you know, a typical traditional savings account might give you what, like point oh one percent interest a year or something zero yeah something yeah something incredibly small um and then high yield savings accounts are you know anywhere from three sorry 0.3 to 0.5 to i think a couple years ago when i was looking into them for the first first time they were 2.5 percent which was the highest i've ever seen or i mean i'm I'm sure there's been higher but now i think i've seen like 0.5 as kind of the range that that high yield savings accounts are offering but the idea there is like in, if you have a, a good chunk of money in your in your emergency fund, you at least are making a little bit, you know, a couple hundred dollars maybe or a hundred dollars uh, a year. At the end of the day, for me, uh, I don't know if it's worth the hassle. Um, but what are some other examples? Yeah, I, I think another one is uh, similar to very similar to a high yield savings. There's something called a money market account and banks offer that as well, as well as some other investment um, firms like Vanguard and Fidelity and things, you can do it and it, it works similarly. Some, I think the only difference there is um, some banks will allow you to have like a debit card or write checks from a money market and then you can pull that out. What I've seen, at least over the last couple of years, is maybe more consistent, higher returns in that 1% to 2% range. But I think the a, a little bit of the difference is when I looked into high yield savings, that even the 2% was kind of for the first year. Um, and then it was not as consistent. It was like back to 0.25 or 0.5 or something like that. And so it's like, they kind of hook you in with like, Hey, there's potential to earn, but it's not really there. And like you, like you said, I would echo that it, for me, it's, it's, it's not about really playing offense. It's about playing defense. And that's what it's here for. It's to manage that and to use it on expenses where I don't have any money. And so I, I've done the same thing. I've put in a savings account. I haven't worried about the one to 2% um, returns, but that that is an option if, if you are looking to maybe fight against inflation a little bit or just earn a little bit of money if, if it's going to be sitting there for years. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. Another couple of options are CDs or Roth IRAs. And uh, a CD is a certificate of deposit. Basically, a bank will give you a certificate to hold your money for a certain number of years, and they guarantee a return on that. Obviously, the longer that you let them hold that money and use it for their purposes, the higher the return will be. Um, In looking up some rates today, I saw anywhere from 03 0.5 to 1% return, Um, but that's comes the one percent was a was a five year CD, yeah, right? So you have so, to leave it there for five years, exactly. Right? Or if you want to pull it out early, 
it's uh, there, there's a there's a penalty on mm-hmm. that, and and you'd have to read the fine fine print and look into, you know, what exactly the offer is from the bank that you're looking at that's offering the C, the CD. Um, so this is where we get into you know liquid versus non liquid, right? So liquid is how quickly can I use this cash? Yeah. Uh, how quickly can I make it cash? Um, a CD is as liquid as as long as they um, force you to keep it in in the account, right? So uh, one year is not great liquidity. Five years is even worse liquidity, right? It's like if you have an emergency right now, what good is a five-year CD going to do yeah, for you? Yeah, if you have to pay a penalty to get the money that you were saving for an emergency, emergency. anyway. 100%. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't make as much sense, um, but it, again, can guarantee you higher returns. Um, same thing with a Roth IRA. You can invest it into the market, into the stock market, into index funds, uh, in this retirement account, and you can watch your your money grow. Um, you can uh, withdraw the the initial principal, but none of the but if you withdraw any of the interest, uh, you yeah the earned income you'll you'll get penalized. Um, but again, just to echo what Baxter had mentioned, we see emergency funds as a defensive play. So I, I personally like to think of it as something that, Hey, I, in every other area, I want my dollars to be working for me, to be producing more income on top of more income. Uh, But this emergency fund is a cushion. It is specifically a barrier I've built around my financial structure so that I can feel safe when the unexpected comes along. So yeah, just from my opinion, I, I just stick with the savings account because it just doesn't—it doesn't complicate things. Yeah, right? and it's right there. It's it's easy to use, and it's there's no penalty to withdraw. Yeah, I would I would say the same thing. I I would say that even you know one thing about the Roth too is you do have the potential of the returns, and you can get your principal back but you also have potential to lose money, right? If the market takes a dip like it did in 2020 with COVID, if you needed that money in the midst of the pandemic, you would you might have had to withdraw that at a 30% loss if you invested only a couple of months before. And so it's like that could be a significant decrease and kind of undo some of the saving that you did. So really it comes down to, you know, like, like we say a lot is whatever makes the most sense for you, I, I share Jeff's opinion. You know, I think of emergency funds as, as defensive and I like to think of it as whatever helps you sleep at night. So if, again, we mentioned, you know, three to six months is what experts say, but if you need a year of expenses or you want a year of income, which would be more if your expenses are less than your income, then, then do what makes the most sense for you. And I, one last kind of tip I would give on that is to don't forget to adjust as your expenses may grow. You know, we, we've talked about lifestyle creep in the past and that's not to say that you should just be willing to let you know your expenses grow as much as they can but in a lot of cases they will over time you know if if you go from maybe renting um, an apartment with roommates to purchasing your own home those expenses go up so you'll want to make sure you increase your emergency fund so that way what you thought was three months of savings doesn't actually end up being like one or one and a half when you when you really need it so that's um that's kind of all the information that we have. I would say the action step, the challenge that I have um for for you guys this week is that to really start saving, to to think of okay, if you don't have an emergency fund, what 
what should I be doing and what is my goal to get to identify what would help you sleep at night? If I could have this many months worth of expenses, then let me start saving towards that. If you don't have any money saved at all, I would encourage you to start with that thousand dollars that we mentioned that Dave Ramsey recommends. And I would probably even recommend that you check out some of his material that he talks about how to get out of debt and how to even increase your income and to really just live below your means and start taking control of your finances. So wherever you find yourself on that spectrum of having money saved or not, and if you've had an emergency fund for a long time, maybe the challenge to you could be to analyze your expenses to make sure that it covers the month uh, or the time frame that you that you want it to. So, Awesome. Hey, well, that's our show. If you've learned anything or found value in anything, anything we've said, please comment, engage with us, share it with a friend. This is uh, Jeff James and Baxter Ron. And this is the Potentially Successful Podcast.